I'm Natasha. And I'm Sarah. We're two girlfriends who met in the entertainment industry where we found the most important commonality, our faith in Jesus. This is our faith-based podcast where we share with you guys encouragement from the Word of God, different struggles that we faced as believers, and how we navigate being in the world but not of the world. We are Covered Covered by by Grace. Welcome back to another episode of the Covered by Grace podcast. We have a very exciting episode today because we have the opportunity to chat with director and producer Daniel Kuman. Daniel is the co-founder of Unveil Studios, operated by himself and his two brothers. Daniel is driven to tell stories that challenge and inspire. He has traveled to more than 25 countries in Asia, Africa, Europe, North and South America to document stories and works as a cinematographer, editor, and director for Unveil. He's been able to invest in children, empowering orphans in Tanzania, and restoring hope to girls trafficked in Thailand. Welcome, Daniel. We're so excited to have you here with us today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, so we're really excited to talk to you today about your journey, and we know that this will inspire many people that are listening right now. And so in a little bit, we're going to get into the incredible films that you've produced and directed with Unveil Studios. But first, can you give us a brief recap of how this all started, how you and your brother started Unveil, and what was the driving force behind it? Yeah, it's really good. So um, it's actually kind of a funny story because it goes back to when I was in grade 12 in high school. And I'm actually the youngest of four brothers. And, um, you know, it's funny because I was a little bit of the impetus towards the film and video production side of things, even though I was the younger one. But what happened was my favorite teacher in high school once said in a social studies classroom, if there's one career you should never, ever go after, it's film directing. (laughs) And it's kind of funny because like it, it not in a rebellious way, but it really like triggered my imagination of like, why would he say that? Like, is it really, you know, is it, is it just a challenge? Is it impossible? And in a way, like, I think everybody needs that like impossible thing in front of them that you want to pursue. I mean, that's what dreams are is like going after something big and, and it's ahead of you and it's not quite reachable. Cause in a way, mm-hmm. I think like if it's really a dream, it has to be unreachable at first. Right. And mm-hmm. so that kind of just seeded in me as a dream. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to, and it was within it was within a season where literally, and I, I think everyone in North America goes through this, all of your friends, relatives, even perfect strangers are asking you, what do you want to do with your life? And yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> it, it was a frustration time for me because I was like, I don't know, like, stop asking me. This is like annoying, you know? And basically right in that moment, that sort of provocation happened of like, never do this, never do film directing. And then I was like, God, like, what, what, what should I do with my life? And he turned the question back on me and he said, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, <laughs> that's ironic because that's what I've been asking people not to ask me. But the way yeah. that God asked me that question was like, if you could do anything, what would it be? And it was just right in that timing with the the teacher and with me thinking about that. And, and I remember just feeling like such a clear, almost like a voice say, like, travel the world and tell stories. Um, and wow. that, that was the, the beginning of the dream. So I was like, I want to travel the world and I want to tell stories. And so when you even read that intro of like 25 countries and over around the world and stuff, it's it's actually very uh, it's humbling to hear it because that was the dream, you know, and um, mm-hmm. to, be, to be able to say that I'm somewhere in the midst of that now, it's, it's quite exciting. So, yeah, that's incredible. And it's really cool to see what God's doing in your life throughout all of this. And the stories that you're telling have been so inspiring to so many people. Um, and so what role does your relationship with Christ play in what you do? Because obviously the entertainment industry is so tough and it's really, it's really difficult to not 
have God, I find in my life in the entertainment industry, because we're also part of that. And we've been part of that all of our lives as well. So I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, honestly, it's, it is the centerpiece. It is the, yeah. the core. Um, it, it's quite interesting because like when I was in grade 12 and had that dream, see the world, tell stories in a way like the Hollywood dream enters your mind. And the Hollywood dream is not necessarily the dream that we were called into. And I think um, certainly like I hope to have success in the Hollywood scene and, you know, like we want to have impact. But the point being, like, we don't want the dazzle for fame. We don't want the dazzle for ourselves. And um, that was a process of realizing that because, like, honestly, God took us on a journey where the first documentary we did, we went to Kenya, India, Thailand and Malaysia. And what we were doing is asking nine questions about, like, what makes people happy and what they actually need. And the closing mm -hmm. question was, do you need God? And basically, it was so interesting because you could see that in places of poverty, the foundation was God, like they knew that that was what was keeping them alive. But as we went through like these richer nations, it was almost like God was drifting out of people's view. And it's like they were in such blessing that they couldn't even see that they needed God. And that was so humbling because it was like, I don't ever want that to happen to me. <laughs> like, I want yeah. God to always be the foundation. I don't want to just start from that place and then fade away. I want him mm -hmm. to remain the rock, right? And like, it really is true. Like, if you don't have that foundation, you're going to get swept up somewhere, right? And, mm -hmm. um, and the world is going to kind of grab you. And so... We ended up being, by the grace of God, like um, coming into a place where we're like, okay, God has an idea for us of how to tell stories. And it's to make them about real people in the context of kind of like the kingdom of God. So like, how does a story about human trafficking relate to God's kingdom? And then you're asking that question and creating from a place of, well, if we're made in God's image, if we are truly, and we're exploring that in our new project as well, what does it mean to be made in God's image? And we had this mm -hmm. almost like revelatory moment where we were in Cambodia at a temple near Angkor Wat. Many people listening might have even been to that area. And it's such an incredible place. There's also a dark spiritual energy there as well. But we were in this temple and we're having this revelation about every single human being ever created is called to be a temple. So when we yeah. use a human being, we're desecrating a temple of God. And that really kind of, it was like a, a key point, I think, in our journey as brothers in storytelling was like to realize what it means to be made in God's image and to create stories that are almost about like triumphant stories of overcoming or of empowering and to do that in the context of our faith in God. And it doesn't mean that it's always like, you know, a Christian film or a Christian project in this sort of forward sense. But we also, with our new project, it is that kind of a project where it's very faith forward. And I think we kind of want to do both, you know, like we want to be able to reach new audiences and we want to be able to encourage faith audiences. And yeah. again, to your question, like it's, it's the foundation is Christ. I mean, you can't build anything lasting apart from that foundation. So I think we need creativity of how to, to do that effectively <laughs> and to tell yeah. stories and engage people. Right. Yeah, that's so good. I, I love that. And I think that that's very effective. Like you were saying, you have these films that are more forward in a way that's like, like you were saying, like referencing to a breath of life, I'm assuming that's more forward with God's creation. And then versus something that maybe is not as forward, but people will still feel that they'll feel that something is different. And, and um, yeah, I love that. I think that's super inspiring. And the next thing we are actually going to ask you about, you kind of alluded to it a little bit with Thailand is um, 
I believe it's your second feature film, She Has a Name. So for our listeners who haven't seen it yet, if you can tell us a little bit about the issue of human trafficking and this film. Yeah, so it's um, there's a really raw film and story to tell. Um, I think that when we're when we're in the kingdom, um, it's actually something I've been learning is if if you're a king or a queen, you have to deal with all the problems. Mm -hmm. Like um, you think of Solomon, and he was like a judge to the people, and they brought all the stuff to him, you know. And I think that that is the calling of the children of God is to be, you know, kings and queens, and to kind of take authority over really a lot of the darkness. And there is darkness that is darker than you could ever imagine. And a lot of it is playing out in underground slavery. There are far more slaves today in the world than there ever was during the transatlantic slave trade than there ever was in the past when we abolished quote unquote slavery. And that was an incredible victory. And you look to guys like William Wilberforce and these amazing um, abolitionists. But the reality is that the enemy in his scheming has brought it so underground that actually most people today aren't even aware of modern day slavery and yet it's worse than it's ever been slavery and so yeah. we discovered in that sort of research process like that i think i don't really know the numbers and it's not even about the numbers but a very large percentage of slavery modern day slavery cases involve abuse and sexual slavery and so um my brother andrew actually went to uh it was connected to youth with a mission but some um, conference in hawaii i believe and kind of got a really deep um, just impact in his own life about justice and about the heart of God. And that was when he went into that place, which is a difficult place to go of how do I tell a story or do something around this idea of human trafficking. And we actually, our first project was in through Southeast Asia and really quick footnote, this modern day slavery is everywhere. Like I have yeah. I live in a small mm -hmm. town of about 50,000. And I've literally witnessed that trafficking happening in my city. So don't think that it's not knocking at your door. But mm -hmm. the point is, we told a story about human trafficking in Southeast Asia. And um, it was based on a true story that Andrew wrote about that became a play that toured Canada and went off Broadway in New York City and a few different places um, called She Has a Name. And yeah. early in that stage, that was in probably around 2011 or 12, 2012, that my brother Matt and I, who are more on the film um, development side, we're like, we would love to make this into a film. And so Andrew and, and Matt and I produced it with some other producers and put that together. And it was quite a journey into, un, unto itself, but we ended up shooting it in 2015 in Thailand. And um, yeah, putting that out as a film. Audiences, like people can go and check it out on Amazon. Um, you can access it through Prime if you have Amazon Prime Video, or you can rent or purchase it through Amazon and ordered on DVD online and different things like that. But um, basically what it was is based on a true story of a human smuggling event at the Thailand-Malaysia border. And about 50 plus women and children died because they were asphyxiated in a water container truck that was trafficked and abandoned on the border. And so that was the lead into this fictionalized story of based on a real event. And the story is about two girls that we're in that water truck who survived and one is re-trafficked and one escapes and it ends up in a, a beautiful kind of like a home to redevelop and to to um, go through aftercare. And so it's a very, very stark sort of difference between their two stories. And it's a bit of a almost like an homage to anyone like a, it's like dedicated to the survivors and those that are still trapped in human trafficking. And it's in that way, kind of a, strangely, like kind of a love story of just like we want to show our heart of like we we pray and we 
you know, we believe for them to be rescued and like we want to do what we can to see their their lives be returned so they can dream again. And um, that film, yeah, it's it's really raw, but also it's not made in a way that will scar people. It's made in a way to engage you around the issue of human trafficking and to tell a real dramatic story. It's not a documentary, it's a film. So there's, you know, the scenes that will hopefully grab audiences and make you think about that and see if there's something you want to do to respond to it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And that's super courageous for you guys to go out and do something like that because it's, it's a very dark thing to witness, um, even even filming it. I know that those are actors and those are people recreating stories, but even so, that's such a dark thing to witness, but it's a story that needs to be told because like you said, it happens everywhere. And especially nowadays, it's really scary with social media. It's much easier for people to be trafficked than I think we think. And uh, I know Sarah and I have been learning a lot more about human trafficking over the last uh, year even. It's just mind-blowing to uh, to to see how, how big of a scale this is all around the world. So thank you for sharing that story with the world. Um, and doing what you do, I'm sure it's not easy and there's been many challenges. Can you tell us about a time during your career that was really difficult and how God really came through for you guys? Yeah, there's been quite a few, uh, but the first one that came to mind when you asked that is uh, actually with the She Has a Name project. So we went and there were many, many obstacles to getting it off the ground. Um, there is an enemy out there that doesn't want us to tell these stories and to succeed. Yeah. That would mean people would be free. And right. we need to recognize that as human beings, as artists, as creators, as just anyone that might be listening to this, is that there will be there will be resistance and roadblocks, but in a way that's a sign that great things are to come because mm-hmm. there's resistance because of the work that you're trying to do is for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And we, we really, really felt that with She as a Name. Um, one example is when we arrived, we everything's queued up. So the way film production works is you've been working, working, working the pre-production so that at a specific moment, everybody's there, all the money's being spent. Every production day is really heavy and expensive, you know? And so yeah. like, you have to have everything in order. And so we got there with, by the grace of God, we got our, our visas and everything and got over there, um, which that's a whole other story. But anyways, so we got there, literally we're handed our passports with our work visa for Thailand as we were boarding the plane. So it was like transactionally, just like within 10 minutes of the close of the gate. And we got a yeah. thing and, and that had to be done through all Vancouver and um, the Thai film office and everything. And then we got through, so we're like, yay, we got there. We arrive in Thailand and there's actors showing up and crew from all around the world. And the Thai Film Commission lets us know that we're not able to shoot our film because it could possibly shine a bad light on the country of Thailand. And so oh, wow. they, they gave us an ultimatum with three days before production and said, if you rewrite the script and if you basically put in a character that represents Thailand really well, and if you then also, which this was confusing, if you then also don't say that it is Thailand, <laughs> so <and> basically <laughs> like, kind of like maybe subtext like Cambodia or like some other country, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. and all those things and you can do that, then you can shoot in three days. And so it was like the bomb dropped, right? Because we're like, we're all there. The money's been spent. We're kind of like oh. ready to go. And then we're told like your permits have been revoked because of this. And, and so the way that it works is a foreign entity that does a film production in Thailand has to be approved by a seven person film commission. And so basically those seven people hold the keys and they said, no, it can't make it. But that was a shift from what they had told us before. (laughs) 
And so, wow. so then basically we, re we rewrote the script. We did the best that we could possibly do with what we were sort of given. We made some sort of adjustments to make it not like blatantly like Thailand. And we were also given a bunch of like footnotes, like you can't have any Thai words on any scene in the movie. So like you can't even shoot a scene on like an approved location that has Thai signs. You can't use that sign, you know? Mm -hmm. So like all of a sudden it totally changes your production design too. And so mm -hmm. we're just like going through all, like it's like a crazy shuffle. And um, then they had to still approve the rewritten script. So we took it into the, f the film commission. It was now about two days to production. And they sat it down with their committee of seven and they actually have six people on the committee and then a chair and they've never ever had a tie. So like usually like of those six people, it's like it's either approved or it's not like six to zero or whatever. Right. But because we pleaded our case and we did our best to adjust to what they were asking us, they ended up with a split decision, three, three of you can make this film or you can't. But if there's a split decision, the, the head of the commission, which is like the secretary or whatever, the, that person is like the, the breaking of the vote and she voted in our favor. And so we ended wow, up with a wow. decision and we were able to shoot that movie. And it was literally like, as everything was just about to like go to camera, you know, <laughs> like, wow. it ended up being officially approved the day that we were supposed to start production. So we had to bump one day later, which was our only, that was our only grace day was we had one production day extra in case we couldn't fit everything. So we lost our grace day right at the beginning because of the approval. And then we had to shoot for 17 days without making any, any mistakes at any locations because that's the time that we had. So, Wow. That that's it. incredible. That's definitely favor. And mm -hmm. like you were saying, like having God as a foundation and obviously your team, I'm sure is really heavily praying into these productions as well. And it's, it's just insane how on one end you have like the enemy trying to stop these messages from going out. And then on the other hand, you have like God is coming through, even if it's last minute, I feel like that can grow our faith a lot more sometimes because we really have to be depending on him for that like last minute uh, savior kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's so, it, it becomes almost comical if you can get over the, the torture of it, that it is kind of last minute. <laughs> Like it, yeah, it's almost like, you know, and this is what faith is, is, you know, he will come through, even though it's going to be in the last minute. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. I, it, maybe it's just my story, but I've yet to have it be like, everything just came together and worked out. And I was like six months in advance, everything was going to be okay. I've yet to have that <laughs> happen. Yeah. Well, that's super encouraging as well, because like in anything in life as well, like, like you said, the enemy will come in and try to stop that and take it away from you. And that's like the biggest form of that when you're actually there and you're like about to shoot. And I work in film as well. And I know how crazy that is with all the call sheets and everything and all that has to just change. So yeah, it's crazy, but an inspiring story for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we've really seen how all the films that you've been a part of, they have this component of compassion and really giving a voice to the voiceless and as well as inspiring and educating people. So out of these incredible films that you've produced and been a part of, um, has there been like, is there a favorite film that you have created or have they all just been like a different experience? They're all really, really different. Like She Has a Name was the biggest in terms of like crews and locations. And, you know, we had pretty amazing. I mean, we had some film days there where we had like over a hundred crew, um, like cast and crew. So like they were pretty big moments and those were really, really fun. Um, and such a challenge and such a juggle, but it was really great. And then in a lot of ways, this um, Breath of Life film that we're doing now, 
and just that whole project has it's becoming one of my favorites just because of the way that god is like showing up <laughs> mm -hmm. and um, it's almost like you just can't get away from his goodness and that's just such an amazing feeling is you feel like so held by god in those moments you know and um it's it's been a really really exciting project that way that's awesome. We actually wanted to talk about the Breath of Life project that you're you're working on right now. We know that you have a book coming out and then also a docu-series about it. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it came out of nowhere. Uh, well, not nowhere, but um, at least I wasn't ready for it. But um, <laughs> basically, I've been leading teams to Tanzania every year um, up until the last couple of years anyway. And I was on about a 10-year streak taking kind of like a short-term mission team. Um, created a small business that was a model to kind of alleviate some of the pressure on like a nonprofit and take a team over where you're not pulling on any of the resources of a nonprofit, but we were doing it through a small business model um, and then taking a team over to do a short-term mission. And um, hopefully we'll get that going again after all this travel stuff and everything changes again. But um, basically I was always asking the Lord for like a word to just ground the team like what is this purpose of our mission basically and often he would give me like a verse or a thought and it would be really really helpful and it would really set the course of like what that trip was about so i've started doing that very very purposefully and knowing like if he speaks a word about this trip that's going to be what it's about so in mm -hmm. november actually it was the may trip in 2019 we're going to tanzania and i asked him for a word for our team and i heard just the subtlest whisper and the whisper was breath and I thought, that's intriguing. Like, it's one word, but there's got to be something to it, you know. And mm -hmm. immediately as I started just to sort of pray and meditate into that, um, I was taken into the Genesis story and the story of when God enters the garden and he breathes the breath of life into Adam. And I initially got just a lot of really beautiful um, just insight from God about it because the first takeaway that I got was like, he spoke everything into creation. When you look at the Genesis creation story, it's like, let there be light, you know, let dry ground appear. It's, it's, it's kind of by the power of his voice. And yet when he creates mankind, he changes everything. It actually says that he goes from Ruach Elohim in the Hebrew. It's, it means the spirit of God. You know, it says in the beginning that the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. But when it goes into Genesis 2, we're introduced for the first time to Yahweh because he changes his name or like his presence becomes Yahweh when he enters the garden. And I'll get a little bit more into the significance of the Yahweh bit, but basically he enters as like the form of Yahweh and creation is just like waiting. And, and there's like this incredible buzz because all of nature is waiting for this moment because why does he enter the garden in almost like in the flesh, right? Um, and he mm -hmm. comes down as Yahweh and he actually touches creation for the first time. And he's pictured as a sculptor, like he's talked about as a sculptor and a potter in the sense that he's using the actual elements of the earth to form humanity. And I loved the picture as I was just thinking about breath. The precursor to that is that he, the, the one who is love, God is love, right? The one who is love is taking the earth and he's squeezing it into a form. And it says in the Hebrew, this word Yatsar. And I was just taken into the Hebrew in this whole study because th it was so intriguing. And this word Yatsar means to actually squeeze his life force into something. 
And so he's taking the elements, dust, we're made of the dust of the earth, and he's squeezing his actual life force into it and creating this object of great potential, you know? And like yeah. as, as artists, we kind of create things of great potential, but they don't have any life in them unless they mm -hmm. have the breath of God. And mm -hmm. basically that it's the picture from Ezekiel 37, where he says like, can these dry bones live? Even though Yahweh had formed humanity, it wasn't alive. Mm. And then he does this incredible thing with, I think I picture it as like love that hadn't been seen since the creation of the world. He coddles the head of Adam and it's, it's the intimacy of a kiss. It's, it's face to face yeah. encounter with God. And then he inhales and exhales his breath and he says, Yahweh. And he breathes on the face of Adam and it's the sound of his name that actually brings Adam to life. And so then I pictured just that breath coming into Adam and it's like he says the name of God right back to him like Yahweh. As he comes alive, he says this creator's name. And then I was just stuck in that moment picturing like he's face to face with God. <laughs> You know, like wow. he is made in God's image and he's face to face encounter with the creator of the universe. Like, what did that moment feel like? Right. And so that yeah. was the beginning of this whole breath of life journey. Never thought it would become a book and a series and everything else. But that's kind of the way that God works, isn't it? He starts with a word breath and then it just becomes something. And that's kind of what creativity is. It's life that unveils from a, just a very small moment, you know. And it's a seed, like it's a seed that grows into a giant tree. So it's it's um it's been that journey in a big way. Wow, that's awesome. We can definitely see like your passion behind it, and it's it's so cool how God just gives you that one word, and it just takes you into this like deep dive study. And um, I can definitely just hearing you speak, I can hear that this is like what you're most passionate about, obviously. And and as believers, we should be. Um, so that's, yeah, that's awesome. And we definitely cannot wait to watch the docuseries and to read the book. And in a little bit, we're actually going to ask you to, um, let our listeners know how they can do that, how they can pre-order and, and everything like that. But, um, yeah, that's awesome. And so now kind of just on a different note, we wanted to ask you about this. So we know that you're not only a producer and a director and an author, but you're also a husband and a father. So how does your family inspire you with the work that you do? Yeah, oh man, it's um it's it's kind of like at the end of the day that's that's what you have is is your family is like that that's where you're if you're actually living anything that you're saying, you know, like that's where it becomes real. Um and I'm absolutely blessed with my wife Christy and my two kids. Um 4-year-old just turned 4, Rosie and um, mm -hmm. my little son Judah who's standing up and doing crazy things. And um, they're so precious and so important and so part of that foundation. And um, it's really, really cool because it would be impossible to be in this moment, even with you having telling the story without them, because the whole beginning of my story is that when I was in a straw hut in Africa in the very first film project we did, um, I had a dream. And I won't get into the details, but basically in that dream, I met my future wife. And I, I know it sounds wow. cliche because people will say like, oh, God told me to marry you. I had this dream. But like that actually happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the way that it worked out was totally like a God thing. And it was it was just like following his timing and his leading. But I had this incredible, I mean, it's it's in, an, in every way like the biggest 
um, spiritual experience and dream I ever had was when I like pre-met my wife, you know what I mean? And <laughs> it was like something I've specifically been praying into, like, God, could you reveal this? And anyone that's listening that feels like God hasn't heard their, heard their heart cry, it's like, have you actually asked? You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that, that's one of the things that I think about is like, and I hope that your stories and my story can provoke people to just that intimate place with God, because have you asked him for the thing that you desire? Like that mm -hmm. basically says you don't have because you don't ask. Right. And mm -hmm. I had been my heart cry from high school right around that time when I was wanting to pursue film was like, God, I want you to reveal who the woman that you want me to like set my life up with is, you know, who do you want me to create a family with? And that whole picture. And he actually answered that prayer, like in the most dramatic of ways, like that story would take hours to just tell it. But <laughs> yeah. there's just this moment where he's working his story out, which leads to all of these other moments, which is like this project and, and all the other creative things that we'll do. And, and, you know, it's just so amazing. And so to your question, like the family is part of that foundation, like God and family is like that foundation. And one other really quick, um, just tie in with that is it was actually when I was putting Rosie to sleep when she was about six months old. And um, if anyone picks up the book, you'll see in the dedication, um, it's kind of my favorite part of the book is like the dedication page. And it says, for my daughter, Rosie, when I held you in my arms, I saw the face of God. And Aww. I literally saw the kingdom of heaven when I was putting her to bed. And it was such a reminder that like God is so present in children. Um, yeah. it's like, it's almost like the idea is that he's breathed their spirit into them from like the heavenly realm. And so they're like still so close to his presence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just came alive. Right. And um, she was only six months old, wasn't conscious. Well, as far as I can understand of, of all that what was happening, but I was praying over her and just like looking at her face. And it's kind of like the Adam moment It's like, I'm just like in that intimate moment where I'm just like singing and she's right before my face. And all of the sudden, while I'm looking at her and holding her and praying for her, I had like an actual vision where I was in heaven. And that was one of those moments that like rocked me to the core and, and set the course of the book and the project and, and something that became a story that was worth telling. But it's it's based in that place of intimacy where like you're not planning to create something, you're just living your life. And if you'll dedicate it to the Lord, like if you'll actually live your life in a place of it's like holiness is like just being and desiring to be with God, you know, mm -hmm. and desiring to see your children blessed and desiring to have a healthy home and all those different pieces. And you're committing it to that foundation of God himself, like all of the other stuff, it, it'll happen. It'll unfold. It's a blessing and a bonus. But like what really is the moment is being there holding your daughter. Right? <laughs> and that, yeah. that led to a beautiful thing that expanded and became so much more. But um, I think that to your question, like we need to let that intimate place be with family and with those that, that that's our life. You know, that's where we do our actual life. And you want there to be peace and wholeness in that place. That's beautiful. And it's also really cool that you get to do all this with your brothers as well. I'm sure that that plays a really big role in in what you do as well, right? Yeah, it's really big. And we often have people say, um, oh, it's so cool that you can work with your brothers. And oh, I'd never be able to work with my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, we work really, really well together. We love each other's company and families. And it's, it's a great pleasure to be able to do that.
Oh, that's great. And we know that the mission behind what you do is to make a world impact. And I'm sure there's many people listening right now, including ourselves, who want to make an impact on this world, but we don't know where to start or how to do that. Um, what advice would you give to them? I think um, the, the big thing that I have feel like I've learned recently and through the whole process is God is the most creative being that obviously is in the universe but he he created the universe was his first act like his 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 whole his whole mission in a sense because of its foundation it's all about creativity like he's for a reason he's depicted as literally a dancer a sculptor a potter a painter he's depicted as an artist a creative artist and he's called all of us who bear his image to be creative artists and it doesn't mean that you'll just be a singer or you'll be like a visual artist. And a lot of people get hung up at that point. But what the picture is, creativity is the ability to solve a problem. Creativity is the wisdom of God in a situation, right? Mm -hmm. so like it applies just as much to an accountant or a doctor as it does to a creative artist. It applies, mm -hmm. to, it applies to every single person. And what I've been learning is like to bear his image is to be creative and you cannot be in a place of creativity without total faith and dependence on God. <laughs> and so yeah. that's, I think the genius of it is like, you have to live your life dependent on his goodness and his creativity. And so because of that, it takes the pressure off of you as much as people think that that actually adds pressure. It's not about you. It's about, are you willing to follow his lead? You know? <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's like, you have to get into your quiet place with God and say like, what have you given these hands to do? And it says, whatsoever God gives your hands to do, do it with all your might, right? So it's like, if you've been given some specific dream, goal, or mission, like pursue it with all your might and mm -hmm. pursue it with a passion for God and pursue it knowing that there will be challenges along the way, but that you're pleasing him because like, that's what faith, that's how faith pleases him is you're just dependent. Your faith is trust, right? And so I think yeah. that's, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm preaching to myself and learning this lesson as well, right? It's, it's not an easy thing to always wake up to. It's like, I'm going to be creative today and have faith, but <laughs> it's quite a rewarding journey too. Yeah, that's really good. It's really encouraging even for me to hear as well. And it's so true because I think something I hear very often, something we hear in general is like, oh, but I'm not creative. I, you know, I'm, I'm just not a creative person. I hear that all the time. I think I even said that myself as well over my life at one point. And um, yeah, I also just had that revelation too. Uh, I think it was about a year or two ago when I was like, oh, but God is the ultimate creator and I'm made in his image and, and I'm a creator as well. And like you said, it doesn't have to be in the classically creative ways that people think because that can be really discouraging and intimidating to think that you kind of like putting the gifts that God gave you in a box of thinking you have to be creative in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And um, I also love that you said, it's not about you. It's so true because we look at our lives and we're like, what am I going to do with my life and how I'm going to look and my dreams? And really, it's just about God. And I feel like that is very humbling. And it also takes a lot of pressure off of us as well, because it's like, we're just a mouthpiece. We're just doing God's work and it's not about glorifying ourselves and how great we can look. So yeah, definitely love your humility in that. And I think that can inspire a lot of people and encourage them as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you. If I could just add one thing to that is like the things that will be fruitful. And I mean, who knows, you can't, you can't just slap a bumper sticker on everything and it's going to turn out the way you think. But my take on it is that the things that will have a world impact are born out of service. 
if you, mm-hmm. if you are, I mean, literally what I was doing when I got the revelation about breath, which there's so many different aspects to it that are still literally blowing my mind about like what the breath and spirit of God really is um, and how it works in our lives. Um, but basically it's like, I was taking a team to go serve orphans and widows and he had something that he wanted to share with the world in, in and through that whole process. But the whole point is like, we're the whole, when we receive the Holy spirit, he says, go out and like, do what I do. And he says, like, basically just love and serve others, you know, and care for people and become a filter of living water. He says, like, you will become out of you will flow streams of living water. Right. And I think when you actually are living that, even if in a small way, because like we still screw up all along the way, but even if Mm -hmm. we're like living that and that's our pursuit and we want that intimacy with God, then it's like he has things that he can do through us that will actually like really could blow us away. And, but it's born, especially when it's like the right end comes of it, it's born out of that heart of service and being willing to just like put others first, love others, like get out there and do God's work and don't make it about you. (laughs) We can be such a selfish culture, right? Mm -hmm. Myself. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's so true. No, that's really good. It's really, really encouraging. And it's just, uh, it's very sobering to remember that for sure, too. And just knowing that if that is our goal of it being the pursuit, yeah, it's not going to be perfect all the time um, because we can be hard on ourselves and not want to try at all in that case. But um, yeah, that's that's super encouraging. Um, And we also just wanted to ask, how can our listeners pre-order the book and where do they kind of go to um, like connect with you or find you on social media, your website, that type of thing. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, the one place that you can find everything is breathoflifemedia.com. So you can find like the book and um, the ebook, the book, um, eventually the audio book and then the series. And um, so definitely check that out. You can check me out on Instagram as dkuman and uh, Unveil Studios. If you search that, you should find our studio. Um, and then, yeah, we also have our website unveilstudios.com to learn about other films and the book itself, Breath of Life is pretty much available at this point for pre-order, depending when this airs, um, the ebook drops August 17th, um, can also be pre-ordered now. The, um, the book itself drops September 28th, but basically Amazon, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, any of those sites, just search Breath of Life, three breaths, and, um, you'll, you'll see that come up and you can order it or pre-order it. That's awesome. Um, and I highly encourage our listeners to take a look at the trailer for the docuseries because it looks amazing and it's super captivating and I, I can't wait to watch it. So I'm very excited for that. And uh, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners today? Uh, I just think like the, the big thing that God's been speaking to me about is like we are actually in a season right now of his grace. And mm-hmm. um, I, I would even say based on some recent stuff that we've been kind of hearing and seeing is like, it's specifically a time window of his like double grace. And he's like, he wants to pour out his grace. And to me, that means a, it's really, really exciting. And B it's like, we are in a place where if we're available, if we're seeking him, if we're talking with God, um, and that's what he wants. He wants relationship. He wants to talk to you like he would talk to a friend. Right. And if, if you'll actually just converse and go to that place and, and connect with God, He's literally like pouring out creativity like never before. He's pouring out ideas that will shape the world. Like he's pouring out books and stories and thoughts and songs. And he's he's giving those things freely because like they come from him. 
and he wants them to go to the world. And so I, that's basically the theme of the book and the series is the breath of God is the creative force that shaped the universe. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, remember that scene in John 20 when he goes into the upper room and he breathes on the disciples and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. So the big mm -hmm. takeaway is that we have the breath of God. We have the breath of life. And so what we do through our hands, through our life, through what we speak, like we're breathing as we speak, right? We're mm -hmm. breathing life or death into the world. And so I just encourage people to like find out what life he wants you to give to the world. Declare that to the world through whatever you do. Again, like whatever creative outlet he's given you. Um, yeah. And just share that, breathe that into the world. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's very, very encouraging. And I, I really do believe that God has inspired you. I know we, you know, we pray um, beforehand and just pray to be given the words. And I really feel that the Lord is like speaking through you when you say these things, because I, I think there's just, even if it's one person who needs to hear this right now, they felt like stifled in what they need to do, or they're just feel lost without direction. Um, whatever it is, I, I just really feel that someone definitely needs to hear this. So yeah, we just want to thank you so much for, for taking the time today. This has been really encouraging, really inspiring, and just thank you for everything that you do. Awesome. Yes, Thanks thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. So on that note, that's all for today's episode, and we will see you guys next time.